Hi, it's good to be with all of you today. I am honored to be um, a part of this series and have really appreciated what others have shared um, over the course of the past few weeks and few months. Um, I'll say much of what I am about to say is inspired by a podcast episode that I recorded with my friend and former therapist, Dr. Gordon Bowles. So thank you, Gordon, for helping me offer these words of truth and encouragement. Hebrews 13.3 says, Don't forget about those in prison. Suffer with them as though you were there yourself. Share the sorrow of those being mistreated as though you feel their pain in your own bodies. We rarely get this kind of advice, and we rarely give this kind of advice. Um, but this verse invites us to enter into the mystery of caring for others and ourselves while we are imprisoned, whether it's a literal prison or a figurative prison of pain and suffering. This verse um, invites us to be present and acknowledge the reality of loss, um, sometimes it's easy to minimize the value of being present to ourselves and to other people um, during times um, where we're experiencing difficult circumstances. If we have avoided noticing our loss in the past, we, um, if we have avoided grief and sorrow um, throughout the course of our lives, it might feel awkward and um, difficult to face our own sorrow and grief and to move toward others in their sorrow and grief. But the more we practice and the more we show up for ourselves and for each other, um, it becomes easier, our grief becomes lighter, and we might even notice God's presence in the midst of our grief and sorrow. I also believe our experiences of grief and sorrow, um, whether um, it's individual or communal, help us um, become closer to God. Um, as we notice God's presence and receive God's love and grace, we experience more intimacy with God and we um, know that God holds us. And the more we experience all of this and the more we know we are held, um, the more willing and able we are to walk toward grief and sorrow, to hold our own and to hold space for others. So communal grief doesn't require us to be together in the same room. Um, when we grieve alone, isolated in our homes, um, away from friends and family and our local congregations, we are still able to grieve for each other. Um, we are still able to grieve for the loss and death and brokenness and sin that have been evident in so many ways over the past um, several weeks and months. Um, Dr. Bowles says when we experience large-scale tragedy, um, our assumptive world is shattered. So everything we assume about life has been changed in ways that disrupt what we have always known and what we have always expected. What we typically experience in these situations, Dr. Bowles calls anguish. So that um, is sorrow and anger mixed together. And anguish is what Jesus experienced in John 11 before he raised Lazarus from the dead. If you go back and read those verses, you'll notice that Jesus was disturbed and then he wept. Um, he was disturbed because those he knew um, were grieving and sad about Lazarus' death. 
um, he was disturbed that um, we have to experience death in this fallen world. He was disturbed that um, evil um, is is a factor and is real. So he was disturbed by all of these things, and then he wept. So this is an example of anguish. Um, and what many of us are experiencing now is anguish because we are angry about some of those same things. And um, we are also um, disturbed by some of the things we've seen um, over the course of the past several months. Um, but anguish gives us strength as we grieve together and as we grieve alone. The anger of our anguish is affirmed and we are able to be more confident as we stand against injustice. The sorrow of our anguish softens us and reminds us um, that we too commit injustice. We are not the standard bearers of all that is good and holy. And thank God, right? Thank God that we have a rescuer and redeemer in Jesus Christ, the one who is the standard bearer of all that is good and holy. Thank God we can let go of the pressure to be perfect, um, to grieve perfectly, to sorrow perfectly, to show up for each other perfectly, um, because we're not going to be perfect. It's not going to happen anyway. And thank God that Jesus knows the anguish that we know, that we are experiencing Um because of Jesus and the gospel, we are free to experience and receive grace as children of God. We are free to express our anguish alone and together. And because of the gospel, we can have hope in the midst of our anguish. My friend and pastor Zach Hicks um, describes our gospel hope like this. He says, because of the gospel, we have eternal life with God. We have relational restoration that heals the core of what aches within us. In the gospel, we are connected to our maker, our triune God, who has chosen to draw us into the community of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So because of the gospel, we are not alone in our grief. We may feel alone and awkward and unsure of what to do when we face loss and difficult circumstances, but it's okay. Our God is near and present and holds us in our awkwardness and our confusion. All right, pray with me. Um, God, thank you that you are present and near us as we grieve. Um, enable us to be compassionate witnesses to ourselves and to each other as we recognize and um, experience anguish over the loss and um, hard things that have happened and that might continue to happen. Amen. All right. Thank you.